HK Radio 3, you're listening to the 123 Show. It's Tuesday, the 28th of July. I'm Cruz McCalligan, and it's that time of the day and the week that we get to chat to Andrew Dembina for our usual Tuesday segment. Andrew, hello. Hello there. Hi, Cruz. How are you doing? Uh, I'm okay, thanks. Another great blue sky outside, which is uh, about the, one of the best things about the day. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 apart from hearing a very interesting guest just now, it was a really interesting topic that we don't hear much about, but uh, I don't, don't, don't want to add my tuppence worth to that. But uh, um, the, um, the, uh, the, the pandemic, um, you know, as it takes toll a bit deeper again in Hong Kong, uh, both uh, independent and larger, more financially sound restaurant groups are going to really feel it once again. We're hearing these reports in the news. Now, everyone is aware of this. Um, probably anyone who's kind of interested has already heard this news, so I won't go into the detail, um, and you'll hear it through the course of the day on this radio station. Um, uh, but, uh, but we just hope that these new rules that were declared yesterday um, aren't going to last too long. It's, uh, it's, only, it's anyone's guess. But, um, but, but while everyone uh, awaits uh, further news uh, after August the 4th, and, uh, you know, restaurants and bars aren't operating uh, uh, particularly. Um, I think it's for the interest of our sanity um, that we all need to uh, take a mental break now and then from, uh, um, you know, from what's going on in all, all, all types of industry affected by COVID, political concerns, everything else that's going on now. And then we do have to find our escapist moments, don't we? Oh, I think so, I think we totally do. And I think even yeah. though it is about um, we're two inches away from the surface of the sun in terms of Hong Kong's current climate, it's 34 yeah. degrees Celsius. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, I think, yeah, I mean, a little bit of blue sky gazing while yeah. um, a bandage yeah. for a large wound might help yeah. a right, little bit. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah. what, what have you got to, um, to distract well, us and uplift us with today, uh, Andrew, from now, the world of food and drink? Yeah, I mean, as we are um, spending more time at home, um, I, I think you know not to not to plug um, a, a feed-paying broadcasting channel, but I think that that people may feel like taking subscriptions. They may have done this already in the last few months. And I want to mention an, a brand new feel-good uh, TV show. Um, it's, uh, the se- it's the second series of something called Street Food. Um, and it, it is produced and presented by Netflix, so it does kind of depend on people who want to subscribe to that. There could be worse things to do, as we don't have that many distractions outside um, that we can that we can go to. But um, series one of this was uh, uh, focusing on Asia, which was uh, which came out last year, and uh, this time it's all about South America. And it's, wow. it's really yeah, it's only been going for about a week or so. And the great thing about it is that it takes a look not only at the more humble, it's not literally all, all food that's sold on a street, but it's cafes. Um, it's the, it's the uh, let's say, the below medium priced restaurants that have a lot of cultural heritage in the in the countries that, uh, that they were born in. And so in the first episode, for example, we're in Argentina's capital, Buenos Aires. And, um, and 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 it, it, this program, what I love about it is it tracks people's personal stories. It's only half an hour per episode, but it tracks the story of a family who have a family-run business or a chef who has changed from another career path and gone into uh, opening a restaurant uh, for one reason or another. I love the personal side of it, but there's also a dip into the heritage of each dish 
that's uh, that's discussed. It's not only heritage, it's also um, if someone has kind of said, no, I'm not going to go for that traditional recipe or ingredient, I'm going to do it my way, and they do something that suddenly has all the people lining up and queuing for what they're doing. Um, and and it, also, it also threw a few surprises at this particular... I've seen a couple of episodes, but this first one, um, there, there is such a thing, and I didn't know about this. I've not been to Argentina myself. Have you, Cruz? No, I've, n- I've never no. been to South America. Right, yeah. the same here, actually, which makes it all the more interesting, to be honest. Um, uh, so there is such a thing uh, as Argentine pizza, which, uh, which, I, which I, uh, I, I learned from this program, is because there was a wave of Italian immigrants who came in the first half of the 20th century. They introduced it to Argentina, and then, like in many places, or, you know, where, where uh, an overseas food is introduced, they'll then take it, run with it, and do their own thing and oh, so, fantastic. Yeah, more than 100 years later, there is this uh, very, very popular dish um, called fugazetta, and that's, uh, so that's pizza that's got an Argentinian component. And the component is that instead of just putting tomato and mozzarella cheese and, uh, and then other ingredients on the top of their dough, they stuff uh, pizza with mozzarella cheese. And the, the, the oldest, most popular restaurant in the Argentinian capital uh, stuffed uh, a one, 1.5 kilograms of mozzarella cheese into the crust. 1.5 kg. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And it, it, it's, it's, it's sold like a by the slice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be doing a bit of a jog after one of those. But, but it, it's, um, it's sold by the slice, understandably, um, rather than, than the whole pizza. By but, a um, wand, a fistful. You just come and grab a fistful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, just, it's, pretty, it's a pretty tall slice. And um, and it's uh, but these are not the giant wheels that we see of New York style slices. There are a few restaurants in Hong Kong now that sell these. You know the great big almost bicycle size uh, wheels of which you oh, take sure. slices. These are, I've, I've like worked my way around a few in my time. Yes, I'm familiar. <laughs> <laughs> familiar with the format. I'm familiar. Okay. With the format. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's um, they're, they're more like the kind of more like the sort of large size pizza you get in the non-New York style ones. Let's say like thirty centimeters across. But they are thick, and um, and they're topped traditionally with uh, after all that cheese in the centre. They're just they're just topped with onions. Keeping it simple. That was a bit That's of an it. anticlimax, though. I know. I know it was. I, know, I was but expecting something yeah. else there. No, yeah. I know it could have been like chilies. It could have been something really exotic and South American something. Yeah, onions. just onions. Well, on. I think if you saw that on a menu, I, I, I'm very grateful that you told me the story because if I ever yeah. saw onion pizza on a menu, yeah. it wouldn't be jumping at the top of my list. So I appreciate no. that the story is an integral part of selling in the dish. Right. <laughs> right. I could. I, I'll just very quickly add to that, but in an, in an unrelated dish that's also in this program um, that, that follows um, a really interesting story of a female chef in Central Market, uh, the oldest food and uh, vegetable, uh, sorry, uh, fruit and vegetable market uh, uh, in the country. Uh, it follows a female chef who took over her business from her father, and um, this was 20 or so years ago at a time where there were very few female chefs in the business, and um, she got a lot of uh, coldness from the uh, the local uh, regulars that would come to the market, which would be people all around the central area of Buenos Aires who would come in for their fix. It's normally like a two or three deep uh, in the uh, in the queue in this cafe for people because it's reasonably priced, reasonably priced, but earthy uh, uh, dishes 
that she served. And one of the regular things that she uh, was serving that followed her father's footsteps was tortilla, the Spanish potato omelette that's very popular in Argentina as well. And mm. uh, guess what she did with it? Uh, she stuffed it with mozzarella cheese. Ah, sure. In her wisdom, and, and this got even more people flocking. So, so you can tell there's a bit of a theme going on in this programme. And it's um, and also it was it was mozzarella cheese and ham and people were just going insane over this. They were Gosh. they were they were really loving it. It's um, but the restaurant does more refined dishes than that. Um, it, it also does uh, uh, a very kind of uh, a, a more upscale take on things like uh, empanadas, which are the deep fried uh, pasty looking uh, traditional dishes across South America, which have chopped meat and vegetables. They're a vegetarian one as well. And that, that, um, that, that restaurant or cafe that she's taken over is now really successful. And a lot of the celebrity chefs from all over uh, Argentina go there. It's called La Chica. And it's a really interesting story about the opposition that she uh, built up as a female. Not uh, it just, just a cold-icyness from the customers, the fact that she was female. Um, so um, that's, that, that, uh, I yeah. would recommend that. It's called Street Food Latin America. It's on Netflix. I've been second episode. I'm not going to go through that in my new detail as well. Don't worry, Chris. <laughs> but it's, uh, do, you, but it's... do you eat, Andrew, before or after you watch an episode? Because I'm hungry just listening to you and I'm not even thinking the food's right. that appetising. Yeah. Do yeah. you, do well, you, how do you watch a show, a food show? Because I, I can't do it. So I want to yeah. know how, I want to know how you do it. <laughs> I, I, do, I, I do it to, there's, there's, there's two ways I'll do it. If I can convince my family to watch something while we're having dinner, um, I, sometimes we'll watch one. Otherwise, we'll we'll, we'll have a we'll do something called conversation at dinner time, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and we'll and we'll uh, and then I'll, I'll and then I'll watch the foodie programs on my. Uh, my wife is sometimes interested in them. Teenage son, seventeen, no interest at all. Sure. He, he, he's he's you know he'd more happily sit through a meal with his headphones on, watching something himself, YouTube, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but but um, but it's but yes, I take your point though. I will watch it after eating normally. Yeah. And um, uh, there's a, there's another series um, that people haven't seen this a long time ago. I haven't written this down for today, but one of those that really does get people salivating uh, a lot uh, is called Chef's Table, and there have been a few series of this also on Netflix, and it is just filmed in the most most mouth watering way. Another very interesting. Uh, uh, profile of, uh, of of high end chefs, I'd say. Oh, sounds but, uh, sounds delightful. I will yeah, give it a wide yeah. berth, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds delightful. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, uh, m- moving on to uh, something else here um, from uh, the northern reaches, North America, food trends during uh, COVID nineteen. I was reading uh, a few days ago in New York magazine that there are different dining trends going on in the Big Apple and uh, a bit beyond, but it focuses on uh, New York. Um, And one of those is barbecues, uh, barbecuing. And this is quite interesting because, um, you know, like Hong Kong, uh, a lot of New Yorkers live in fairly compact uh, apartments. I was about to say, Um, yeah. Yeah. And so the minimum requirement really is uh, to have a, a, a balcony in these in these times of uh, not wanting to go out too much or social distancing, you, know, you do need at the at the very least a balcony. But they were saying that if you do have one of those, and a lot of New York flats do, and certainly a lot of Hong Kong flats do, um, 
there's, it's easy to get uh, a small grill unit um, for, for people who don't already have one. And some are designed in the US and other parts of the world where more people drive than in Hong Kong to be portable that go into someone's car boot. And you can buy these online, various, you know, just by searching around from different countries. They, they're, they're legs that fold under them, and um, and they can therefore, you know, be cleaned and stored in a cupboard or somewhere under uh, 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 under a table or something in Hong Kong style in our cramped apartment. Um, as a last resort, of course, there are um, for um, the, the, the one-off for both the price conscious or those who don't have a storage space, these disposable ones that are for single use. They're not the most environmentally friendly, of course, but, um, but, but, but people have probably seen these around in supermarkets and convenience stores. But the fun thing, though, is that um, if you have more time at home, um, you can then uh, make your own sauces, try to make it into a fun activity. Don't just, you know, I mean, if you're going to have a barbecue, you could make it into an event for your household, really, for, your little, for, for the family or the couple of people, the few people that you're with. Um, experiment rather than having uh, shop-bought sauces or marinades, make your own. And we just talked about South America. A great sauce to try and make is called chimichurri. Well, I don't know if you know that one. It's, Ooh, uh, I've had it before, chimichurri, yeah. I'm sure that's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah, chimichurri, that's it. And it's, um, it's so basically a green-looking sauce, which uh, uh, its greenness comes from parsley. Um, and, and there are so many different ways of making it across South America. Normally it will have either or both uh, red wine vinegar, lemon juice, and then people add various amounts or none at all of garlic, salt, pepper, oregano, and uh, and red pepper dried chili flakes. Um, so it's um, that that goes really really well with um, with most uh, meats and fish, whether it's uh, white meat or or, or fish. Um, are you? Remind me. Are you? Are you, are you vegetarian or, or pescatarian? No. Or no. Vegan? No. I'm not. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but but it's but, but also there are but but doing your own glazes for vegetables um, uh, or even barbecued uh, fruits like pineapple using spices. Oh, delicious. Honey. Yeah, and 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 a bit of chili sauce mixed with honey. There are various. I'm just it, people can go online with a tiny barbecued uh, grill. And look at different ways of making it into a bit more of an event, as we're lacking being able to go to too many places outside. It's, um, so totally. That's, that's... I think it's a great idea. You know, I remember years ago buying a bottle of, because um, I, I don't have the means to barbecue in my particular home, but I remember buying okay. a bottle of liquid smoke when I was yeah. in New Zealand once to try and emulate that barbecue-y flavour. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think you're right. And it's a time to experiment. We're all at home. Yeah. And we're, you know, yeah. why not? How fascinating. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and even, if, even if people don't have barbecue, uh, barbecue areas, if this is not a possibility, but going back to what we were just saying about sauces and marinades, look them up online and, and, and think about things that you, that you like, whether it's fruitiness, spiciness, things that you and your family or that you're living with um, could be able to enjoy or you on your own. You know, just tr- treat yourself, as we said, with that nice bottle of wine at the back, I agree. At the back yes. of the cupboard. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Although yeah. I do, um, I, I'm never going to recommend anyone tries to make their own mayonnaise. Only if they're really committed, because any attempt I've ever made has been a whopping failure. 
appreciate that pointer i'm going to make a note of that anders um it, yeah. we've got it's time for the news now but i'm going to remember that yeah. forever that cold cabbage doesn't wilt as much genius uh, okay thank you for <laughs> another great tuesday feature